When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you own a vehicle with less than 200,000 miles and have an auto warranty about to expire or no warranty coverage at all, listen up. CarShield has a low-cost, month-to-month vehicle protection plan that covers more parts than ever. Visit carshield.com audio to find out how you could pay almost nothing for covered auto repairs. Drivers who activate this vehicle protection today will also receive free roadside assistance, free towing, and car rental options at no additional cost. Get your free quote today at carshield.com audio. That's carshield.com audio. With just over a week to go before the transfer window closes, there is still plenty left for Maranakis and Co. to get done at Nottingham Forest. But what in specific do they need to target? Welcome to the Nottingham Forest to-do list. Good morning, good evening, or good night, wherever in the world you are. Whatever time of day you're watching this, hope you're having a fantastic day. And welcome to your Nottingham Forest to-do list. As the transfer window closes in very, very quickly, there is still a lot of work for Maranakis and his guys to get done in the next seven to eight days. In today's video, we're going to be talking about the key things that need to be happening. Of course, you guys may agree or disagree with it, but that's the whole beauty of what we're doing here. And if you take a second, if you don't mind to hit that like button, subscribe to Forest Fan TV if you are new here. And don't forget, you still got over a day to go to go and get your tickets for either the Forest signed framed LED beautiful shirt or a Wolves one. I'm pretty sure you're all going to go for the Forest one. But the link for that is in the description below with our good friends from Football Prizes. All right, guys, let's get into this video. There's a lot to talk about. Okay, so for those of you who are wondering, we will probably have a transfer update for you guys shortly. Um, There is some movement on some players going out, but we'll touch on that later. What I want to talk to you guys about today is what I think the to-do list is or should be at Nottingham Forest currently. There's certain segments that they have to cover. And I think the most important one, and it's going to sound surprising, is going to be the formation. Why do I say formation? Because you have to recruit to a set identities, to a set idea, to a set way that you're going to play this season. And I take you guys back to this time last summer where people were accusing Forest of hiring haphazardly even. But what was happening was that we were recruiting for a 5-2-1-2 formation, the formation that we used in the championship. And the problem with this was that once we got to the Villa match in about October time, Cooper finally realized that this formation wasn't working and decided to switch into a back four. Therefore, it created this void where there were certain players who were recruited that could no longer fit in this system. 
And that became an issue. We really went heavy on centre-backs or players like, I think, Biancone as an example. We had Bolly in there. You had Kyote in there who potentially played at centre-back for us early last season. And then when Cooper decided to switch into the four-back formation, it was really trying to piece everything together. And we saw all kinds of different ways, even within that formation, where he was trying false nines. I remember him trying a one-yee out on the left-hand side just to try and put almost square pegs in round holes. And it wasn't until around January time where things started to click in a 4-3-3 formation. And there was like months wasted, if you see what I mean. So coming back onto the point here, why am I saying formation is the most important thing? Because he needs to decide what is the formation he's going for. Now, it could be two formations. We could see an away formation and a home formation, for example. At the moment, we haven't. We've seen this back five uh, with either two or three in the middle um, and so on and so forth. But what we don't want to be is in a scenario where in a couple of weeks time, he'll realize that this back five formation doesn't work and try and switch it up into a back four. Now, if he's thinking about doing that, it's fine, as long as the players he's recruiting currently will fit into this style. And this is why I think a lot of you have been asking, why are we getting Montiel, for example? When we've got Aurier, we've got uh, Williams, we've got Biancone, etc. We're very lopsided on the right-hand side. And then the talks, obviously, of Omar Richards, Omar Richards going to the Greeks. Where's the cover at left-back? And where's the cover in general in midfield? So there's still a bit of a mess when it comes to the recruitment currently, but it really needs to be um, founded and rooted against the formation. And that's what I really want to see to start the season with. We do have tough games, we know, away from home, etc. But I want to see an identity coming through. And that identity starts with a formation something they practice in training, maybe even two formations, as I just mentioned, I don't mind. And it's, I hate to use the Brighton model because I think there are holes in it, but overall it's the model everyone talks about. And in this instance, it would work. Brighton recruit players who are going to fit into their identity and their formation and things like that. At the moment, I feel that Forrest are going for just some players here and there who could strengthen the squad but where are they going to fit in in the picture when it comes to the players on the pitch? And that, for me, you have to get that right first. Sit down, figure out your identity, figure out your playing style, figure out the formation you want to play in, and then recruit the players to suit that. And if you do that, then have the patience as well to build on that identity and build on that formation. Now, if your identity is going to be low block, that's not an identity. You don't need to, you know, be specific with the players you buy in. Because all you're really telling people to do on the pitch is just sit back, mark with 10 men behind the ball, and then if you can counter-attack, do it. You know, okay, it's a bit more complicated than that, I know. But I'm talking an identity where there's a playing style. Are we looking to play out from the back? Are we looking for more direct long balls from the keeper? Are you looking to push a number eight in as the overlapper, the guy who bursts in into the box? Or are you looking for two holders and releasing one of a midfield three? All these things I still think we're not seeing with Nottingham Forest. And for me, it all starts with the formation and the identity. And once you lock that in, you can have a better picture. Now, there may be one in the background that they're working on. 
But I want to now start seeing that and signs of it developing on the pitch. And that will stem as well into the recruitment. And when we get into that recruitment, or we have been, it still feels like we've picked a player here and there. Hope that kind of makes sense. But that for me should have been the first thing on the to-do list. And that should have been at the start of the summer. Now, I'm not saying it hasn't been done. But what I'm saying is, it's one of the most important steps. Get your thoughts in on that down below. Okay, so let's move on forward from the formation and the identity to where these players need to be playing. And for me, number one is going to be not necessarily Sangare, but he does represent to me the CDM position. Now, obviously, he's not going to be coming. I think that's clear to see right now. But CDM, in specific, that position, I've harped on about it all transfer window, all summer. This is your, your pivot point. You can, you can have a six, you can have an eight. Some teams play with a double six. Some teams play with a six and a double eight. There's all kinds of different ways you can do it. But it is one of the hardest positions to recruit for. And that has been clear to see. And the evidence has shown that this summer. Forrest have clearly identified a bunch of CDMs. And for whatever reason, they've decided to either reject us or fees couldn't be agreed with clubs, etc. But the CDM still has to be one of the priority positions that they need to sort out over the next seven days. Bringing a CDM really does free up the midfielders who can go forward. It gives you options on formations. You could do a three midfield. You could do a two midfield. You could do a 4-2-3-1. You could do a 3-4-3. Three, three, whatever, whatever Cooper fancies. But you need that, that spine, that nucleus um, in the team. And a CDM is essential for it. It's one of the most underrated positions, in my opinion, on the football pitch. And once you get a good one in, you're sorted. Look at Chelsea. Look, we've all bantered Chelsea this summer, how much money they've spent, um, you know, with, with Bowley and the crazy numbers he's putting in. But what were the positions they paid the most money for? Casado, CDM. They've brought Lavia, who's like a 6'8", you know, that kind of player. These are the positions you have to get down. And you're starting to see the pattern that CDMs, in terms of worth, are becoming record breakers in terms of their signing. So it's really important this happens. That's why I was a little disappointed that Forrest didn't go in for Adams. And we've seen Boring Mouth make a cracking deal at 20 million with him. That's an absolute steal. I would have loved Forrest to hijack that one. Yes, there's still talks about the Argentinian coming in. Um, he's not an out-and-out -out CDM, though. He's a bit more of a Danilo. He can play a CM. He can play the CDM role, that kind of thing. What we really need is an out-and-out -out one. And I still think on the to-do list, that has to be right up there on the priority list for Nottingham Forest over the next seven days. But what do you guys think? Maybe you uh, prioritize a different position. Let me know in the comments down below. The next thing that Nottingham Forest seriously need to get sorted out for me is going to be a backup to Taiwo. Now, look, you can you can say what you want about Taiwo, and he's got he's got the guys that still um, you know have doubts about him. But he scored six in a row, man. It's not easy to do that in the Premier League. I can tell you that for sure. But the question has to be asked, and I hate to ask it because I don't want to jinx anything. What if Taiwo gets injured? We saw that during the preseason, like when he came off at Leeds, the rest of the preseason, we didn't really look like we had that pivotal point up front. And yes, as Bambi on ice as he does look, 
He just has a knack for being in the right place at the right time and scoring goals. The problem is the depth. Behind him, we've got Huang and Chris Wood. And, you know, say what you want about them. I'm not fans of either. I know Chris Wood scored the winner late on um, against Sheffield United the other night. Cool. Fantastic. Well done. Keep going. Do it again. You know, that would be my message to him. But I don't think he's good enough to start the match and give us what Taiwo gives us on the pitch. And I think I think most of the fan base would be unanimous in that call that if someone said to you, start Taiwo or start Wood, who would you go with? Let me put that out as a question to you. Is there anyone who would pick Wood over Taiwo? Or maybe you'd go Huang. For me personally, Taiwo, one of the first names on the team sheet. He has that physicality, that strength, that power, and a knack for scoring goals. And that's exactly what you want in a striker. Now, if the, the unthinkable were to happen and he was to get injured, where's our backup? We need to be getting another striker who can come in and deputize for Taiwo. Someone who has those same traits. I'm not necessarily saying someone is good. Maybe we look for a younger profile Taiwo who can come in and deputize. Uh, we talked about Ian Acho at the start of the window. That seems to have died on its face. You know, players like that who potentially can come in who have similar traits. And I think this should be a priority now for Nottingham Forest. I like the idea of a 19, 20-year-old coming in, like the Brazilian we got, we told you guys about who wants to wait till January now. But a player of that, that profile who could be brought in and developed over the next year or two, knowing that he's probably not going to get too much game time as long as Taiwo is fit, but learning, learning the patterns that Forrest are going to play and how he's going to fit in. I think that could work really well. And in the case that Taiwo's injured, yeah, you could bring Widon, for example, but at least you'd have this young profile kid who's who's kind of starting to get into the footsteps of Awanyi. So for me, that would be a secondary importance position that Forrest do need to get. I would also add into there another centre-back. Look, I don't care what anyone says or what hate anyone wants to give me. Worrell and McKenna are guaranteed to have some forms of mistakes in them at a regular basis during the Premier League season this year if they were to play every game. And I don't think anyone can argue with me that the best two centre-backs we have are Felipe and Nia Kate. And I would feel comfortable if Forrest went and bought another centre-back as well. Maybe bring Tar in. There was links with Jonathan Tar, cracking centre-back. We do a great job at Nottingham Forest. We were linked with him, as I just said, in January. Um, but, you know, they didn't want to sell. I think it was Alonso was trying to block that one. Maybe there's still some scope for it now. Or, again, another younger profile centre-back who can come in. Just like um, when we were talking yesterday about the Benfica centre-back, bringing him in at 22 who can develop. That's the kind of thing we need to start to do. But we still do need another centre-back. But those are the positions I think are extremely important currently to Nottingham Forest. What do you guys think? Okay, so let's move on to the next topic. And this is really an important one. Um, you know, it's all well and good bringing players in. But you can't keep bringing them in if you've already got stuff there that you no longer want. And this is about selling players. Clearing out the unwanted. Now, Jono's not the unwanted, but I'll explain in a second. Forrest have started to do that. We've seen Scarpa going and we've seen um, Omar Richards going to the Greeks. I don't like either one of those. I'll be honest with you guys. 
One, it just kicks the can down the road anyway because it's both loan deals. Forest don't get any revenue for it. Therefore, how does that help us in terms of FFP and bringing players in? This talks about O'Brien's going to go to Leeds. That looks like it's uh, gathering a bit of pace. That's a deal. As much as I love O'Brien and would not want him to go, at least there's money coming back the other way. However, having said that, that's not what's going to happen because Forrest are going to do a loan deal with an obligation to buy if Leeds get promoted. And again, you ask yourself, where's the money for it? Would these players maybe then just be better off left in the squad so that we have backup in certain positions? Because who really is going to challenge MGW now if, his, if he plays bad, if his form goes, if God forbid he gets injured? These are things that I don't think Forrest have really thought through too well, in my opinion. But those, those other players, the Arters, we talk about it all the time, the Shelvies, those fringe players, the youngsters as well who need to go out on loan and get a season. Forrest needs to start. I hate to use this word when talking about you know players because they are humans, but we need to start building that Chelsea-style conveyor belt where youth players are developing through, going out on loan, and then you sell them off because they're all profit for FFP. And that's what's keeping Chelsea alive and under the mark. For FFP. So these are things that Forest need to do. Now I've got to say they've taken great steps towards um, the youth program. You know, the, the new setup, um, the new guys they've brought in to look after it. I know the whole uh, Brazil thing was a controversial issue for the fan base for whatever reason, um, because he was a great servant, you know, but we do need to move forward. And Brazil's gone and found himself a good new job as well. So we wish him the best of luck with that. But these players need to go. And if they go, they need to go early as well, just to free up the space so we know where the squad is. So that already for me has happened too late. And that brings us on to Jono. Whatever emotionally we feel to Jono, let's park that to one side for now. If Jono was going to go, he needed to have gone earlier on, in my opinion. We're now getting, and it's unfair on Cooper when you look at this, because Cooper's now going to be in a position where he's probably planned for Jono to be playing. And if Jono's to go into the next seven days, and I still feel like he will, then Cooper's going to be left with a huge Jono-style hole that he needs to fill. A hole that could have been filled by Scarpa. A hole that may need to be filled by an external player. Yes, Alanga can switch over to the right. There are some options. But would these be plan Bs and Cs um, instead of the original plan A that Cooper was looking for? So in my opinion, if Jono's going, get in, don't do it in the 11th hour. You know, that's the thing we don't want to see happen. We got Burnley um, on the night of it. I think the 30th of uh, August, we got Burnley in the cup. And then the transfer window will close um, on the 1st of September. Are we going to see a mad rush at the end of the window? Some panic buys and things like that. That's what we need to avoid. So that's my to-do list. I know it's, it's quite in-depth in terms of what I think is going on. I'd be keen to get your thoughts in on it, guys. So please let us know in the comments down below. If you've enjoyed this video, please don't forget, if you haven't already, to hit that like button. Subscribe to Forest Fan TV if you are new. We'll probably see you later on for a transfer update on all the ins and outs going on at Nottingham Forest. Thank you so much for watching. We'll see you next time. And come on, you Reds. Sports Social Podcast Network.